Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Church, I hope you're comfortable and looking forward to this message. It's a privilege to come to you this morning. Wherever you are watching this service, we're so glad you could join us today. It's really cool to hear that connect groups are gathering in Zoom meetings, pre-service, or a few of us are gathering in smaller numbers in homes today. And it's going to be a little bit strange for me sitting with a, a bunch of you watching this service uh, of me preaching. This is the strange days that we live in, but um, it's good to continue to do church together. And so thank you for tuning in this morning. Well, I'm really excited about the message today. This series, Keeping the Faith, I think it's been fantastic so far. It's really been inspiration for me and uh, in my prayer life these last few weeks, just reflecting on the message. What a brilliant message from Shetel on on week one and last week from Pastor Quinton. And of course, you can keep up with this series by tuning into the podcast as always. Well, I trust you enjoying this series as much as I am, keeping the faith. And as I said last week, I hope you are feeling encouraged. I hope you're feeling challenged. I hope you're feeling inspired to step in to a new season because that's what we're, our heart of what we really want to see happen in our lives this year. So as we prepare for a week of fasting and prayer coming up very shortly, we need to seek God and set faith goals for our year. And so that's what we're going to do together as a church. Great. Well, this week, I would like to focus on what really is the oxygen of our spiritual life. And of course, I'm talking about prayer. So I'm not going to be going into the teachings or the theology of why we should pray or why it's important or, or even a practical guide of how to get started in prayer and, or how to pray more even. I mean, both those things are, are really great. And we, we do that in our church, but it's not what I'm going to be doing today. I'm, I'm going to try and take a more personal angle on things, if that's okay with you, and hopefully inspire you to turn over a new leaf in your prayer life. See, I, I'm not sure if I'm just speaking to myself. Uh, I'm probably not that I feel like I need a renewal of my prayer life on a regular basis. At least once a year, I feel like I just really need to renew and refresh the way I pray. And so that's what I want to do today. I just want to reflect on where our prayer life is and perhaps challenge you to try something new, to try and set new patterns. See, I often find that my spiritual life can become a little bit stagnant. And I can feel like, you know, I'm just maybe going through the motions. And in fact, I was talking to a member of our church just this past week, and he confided in me that he just feels like he's, he's lost the passion for the things of God. And that really just struck a chord with me because I can recognize that feeling. I can recognize that feeling of just feeling a little bit flat. Do you know what I'm talking about? You ever had that sense of things are just a little bit hard. It's just harder to pray and you just, you're just not so enthusiastic about the things of God. And perhaps that's not so strange with the year that we've had. In, in 2020, I think a lot of us have been left struggling in our prayer life and just feeling a little bit of flatness to a certain degree. And, you know, when there's a lot of pressure and stress, often the first thing that goes in your life is your prioritization of prayer. And maybe you, you kept up praying. Maybe you continue to pray throughout 2020, but you just kind of lost that zeal or that passion or that faith for, for breakthrough in different areas of your life. Well, if that is you, then I hope you're encouraged today. And, and, and I really want to speak to us that have found ourselves in that place at different parts in our life. 
Now, of course, there's many reasons why you can find yourself in a rut in your spiritual life. And where you just feel like you've lost that enthusiasm for the things of God. And one thing is for sure, one thing that I am adamant about, that I'm really convicted about, is that prayer helps in these situations. Prayer can, can be that engine room that can get things started again, that can get you, you uh, the, the passion just charging in your life once more. And so we need to get that charge. If, if, we, if we feel like we are flat, if we feel like we've lost the passion, then we need to connect with the source. We need to com have communion with the Holy Spirit to get that zeal and that passion back into our lives. You might feel like your spiritual life is, is dead in the water right now. You, you might feel like, you know, I'm, I've continued to be faithful. I'm, I'm still tuning into church. You know, I'm still, I'm still engaged in my connect group. You know, I'm still exercising generosity. All these things that a, a good Christian might do. But you can feel like it's just something missing right now. There's something amiss. And so... The encouraging thing is, is that Jesus has given us tools to rediscover that passion for God. To awake that lost passion that, that maybe you once had in months or years gone by. And the key is prayer. So that's what we're going to focus in on this morning. You see, because the spiritual life, the reality of it is that spiritual life is impossible without prayer. This is the, the inhaling and exhaling of our Christian life. We have to have it. And we need it to survive, of course, but we also need it to really experience the resurrection life, to really experience just the fruit of God in our life, to, to, to feel that sense of aliveness in God. We need to be in a posture of prayer throughout our days. If you want to grow, of course, if you want to grow physically, we know that we need to eat, right? And in the same way, in our spiritual life, we know that we need to eat of God's word, that that is our spiritual food for us. And also we know that in life we, we need to exercise. We, we need to be physically active if we don't want to become lazy and tired and stagnant, right? And so in the same way, we need to, to be active in serving God. We need to have an output to our life that we need to be his hands and feet on this earth and in building his kingdom and building his church and, and exercising generosity and following just the patterns that Jesus laid out for us. To, to live out the disciplines and, and, and the, the guidance that he gives us in the Bible, the life that he, he desires for us. So we need to exercise. But all of that isn't going to get you where you want to go if we don't breathe. We have to breathe. It's an essential part of our life. It's kind of, it's the only thing that you, you can't skip out on. We have to be breathe. We have to pray. We have to back up everything and we have to roll everything in prayer if it's going to work, if it's going to do what we have desired for it to do. We're going to have a lot unmet expectations if we're not going to a place of prayer for whatever it is in our life. So prayer is how change happens. And I know there's a lot of you that are looking for change in different areas of your life. There's always something that we want to change up in our life. Sometimes it's big things. Sometimes it's just small things. But we're always looking to make changes, make alterations in our life. We, we want to see a new season and so that's what we're really focusing on right now. Well, as I said, the encouraging thing is that prayer is where change can happen. I'm going to read from James 5.16. I'm going to read from the New King James Version first. It says this. It says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Fantastic. 
Well, if you read the Amplified Version, it expands on it even better. It says, The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, that's a believer, is able to accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. That sounds pretty exciting to me. So what do we need here? Well, first off, who is righteous? Well, those that have been made righteous by his blood, those in the faith. So that is hopefully you and me that's watching today. All of us are righteous by the blood. This is a fact for every Christian. You are righteous. That is your standing with God. It's not because of something you've done. It's because of the life of Jesus that you have accepted. It's a, it's, it's a fact regardless of how well you're feeling right now, how well you're doing. No matter how your week has been, no matter how your year has been, your standing is that you are righteous by the blood of Jesus. That is good news. Now, things like your character, your integrity, these are important things in as much as it brings honor to God the way you live, the witness that you are to the world. It profits you. It keeps you out of the line of destruction. And it's a witness to his kingdom. But it does not affect your standing. So that tells me that no matter how my week has gone, no matter how I might be feeling, I have a position of righteousness before God because of the work of Jesus. And as we're going to learn today, that comes with certain privileges. We are made righteous by grace, not by works. So here is the truth. Your prayer avails much. Your prayer is effective. But, but, it says something. It says the effective, fervent prayer. What is that all about? Well, if there is such thing as effective prayer, there must also be a such thing as ineffective ways to pray. And fervent prayer, well, that means passion. So there must be passionless prayers. Well, I think we all know what that could look like, right? You know, because if I'm being honest, most of my prayer life is a little bit flat. It's a little bit passionless at times in, in, in that it's easy to come to God with just a to-do list, right? It's easy to come to God where we're, you know, we're just touching base with God. We're, we're just offloading some cares or anxieties that we've been carrying. And, and that's a good thing. And, but we're just, you know, cramming in a few prayers here and there because we've got busy lives and busy schedules. We're just keeping the conversation going, you know, just as, as, a, as a good Christian should do. I hope you recognize yourself in that because if, I think if we're all being honest, we're not always passionate when we're praying. We're not always fervent and bold when we're praying, right? You know, probably more important than what you pray or how long you pray, and second only to the goal of actually praying, is the attitude of your praying. If I survey the Bible, if I, particularly if I look at the New Testament, I can see an attitude of boldness in the area of prayer. Have you noticed how many times we are challenged in the Gospels and in the epistles to ask? Well, without looking, I can tell you it's quite a lot. Just some examples. Whatever you ask in prayer. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears Ask, and it will be given to you, but let him ask in faith. How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask? So what I take from that is we've got to be bold, that we have to ask. 
That is the attitude of prayer that pleases God. It's summed up really well in Hebrews 4.16, where it says this, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain the mercy and find grace to help in time of need. There should be that zeal, that passion in your prayer life. Again, it's easy to lose that. I've lost it many times in my life. I had to go seeking it again. But there should be that passion just bubbling up in the inside of you, in your prayer life that you just can't contain it. You've got to tell someone about it. You've got to tell them about what God's been speaking to you, what he's been saying about others in your life to encourage them. It's just not something that you can hold to yourself. There's a passion bubbling up in the inside of you. That passion, if you don't have it, you just get to seek God for it. I find that my prayer life comes alive when I go beyond my list of needs, beyond my worries, and I start prophesying. If I'm worried about a loved one, for example, which I often am, I could just cast that care to God and maybe feel a little bit better in the knowledge that God is sovereign and that He'll take care of it. But the reality is that God, in His sovereignty, has called us to reign and rule with Him. You see, they didn't just, he didn't just make us sons and daughters to get us off the hook to say, you know, oh, she's cool, she's with me, I've, I've got her back. No, he actually adopted us into his royal family, and that comes with responsibility, as Meghan Markle discovered. And not everyone is so keen on having those responsibilities that come with the royalty. But we are supposed to rule with God. And one of the way that we do that on earth is by bringing his kingdom through prophetic declarations. So when I take on this, this level of ownership in my life, I'm not just casting my cares to God, which is a good start, by the way. I'm starting to take some, make some royal decrees over my loved ones. You know, Jesus, he gave us a pathway to the throne room of the everlasting, mighty creator of heaven and earth. How awesome is that? I don't think we really appreciate and understand what an opportunity we have. We have a mandate to exercise our prophetic voice in prayer to bring about his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Isn't that fantastic? Well, 1 Corinthians 39 says, we know in part and we prophesy in part. See, because we know the need, and we prophesy about bringing a greater experience of God's wholeness into that situation until the day of completion. And it's all from a heart of love, of course. So don't come timid. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Don't just pray for the problems that you're in. Pray for what you want to see in that situation, see in that person's life. If we, if we just come with a, a shopping list of needs, but God is like, well, what do you want to make with that? What do you want to see happen? So you start to cook up stuff in your spirit, and then you're getting excited because you start to realize this is looking great. This is exciting. And then you feel the faith rising inside of you like warm bread in the oven. And it feels so real that you can almost taste it. And life is flooding on the inside of you. And color comes into your prayer life. 
And your faith, all of a sudden, is alive and kicking. And that's an awesome feeling. When we see it, when we declare it, and when we contend for it. Like Quinton said last week, faith doesn't give up. It keeps pushing back, keeps pushing back until finally it can't be resisted anymore. Don't just mention things in prayer. Prophesy. Keep at it. The prayer of faith is like Muhammad Ali, as we heard last week. It just keeps going. It doesn't give up. The will of God, of course, is that no one should perish, that no one should be sick, that no one should be bound with addiction. So we know how he feels. We know that he is willing. We know that he is able. Almighty God. The answer, like Shadow said in the first part of this series, is that me and you, we have to be activated to operate in the power of God in our lives, to declare a new day for our lives, for our families, for our communities, for our church. That's what God longs to see from you and I. A people that sees, a people that declares, a people that believes that they are joint heirs with Christ. We don't want to just see the power and ministry on a stage or on a TV. We want to see it in the everyday lives of each and every one of us. Truth is, though, is that a Christian can never be greater than their prayer life. So we've got to find these moments, guys. We've got to carve it out. Because if we don't go there, we're not going to go anywhere. If you're struggling in your prayer life right now, I, I feel you. I've been there many times. But just answer me this. What is the one thing that is frustrating you in your life right now? What is that one thing? Just think about that right now. What is that big, ugly thing that maybe you don't even want to talk about? Maybe it's sickness you've been battling with. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a relationship problem. Maybe it's just some kind of unmet need that's just really grading you, really getting at you at the moment. Whatever it is, just take it to God in prayer. But don't just go to him and lament about the things you don't have, the, the needs that you have. Don't stop there, because I think that's our mistake. We just stop there with, with what we think we need. But God actually wants us to start dreaming about what we actually want for our future. Where do we want to go in our life? We can't just take off our, our problems to God and just hope that God is going to do something, whatever it is, and, and not be involved in that, because we are joint heirs. We have a mandate ourselves. We have to start to ask. We have to start to think, to imagine what better would look like. How could your situation look better? Think about that. Visualize it. Dream about it. Start to stand in faith for that thing. Allow God to speak into that situation. What would it look like for you? Start to prophesy over your life and be bold. Please be bold because we know we serve a God who can do immeasurably more. So don't be timid. He can do immeasurably more than what we can ask, think, or imagine. So don't be shy. Go for it. So don't be timid in your prayers. You know, Pastor Phil Pringle, who's a big inspiration, the, the, the leader of C3 Global, the founder, he always says that when we pray, we got to receive also. And when you receive in prayer... It's like you become pregnant with that dream or vision. You know, I had the privilege of meeting up with a couple that we prayed for just now with Matthew, our dear friends, Ebby and Gladys, and, and last weekend. And they're expecting their first child in just a few months now. And it reminded me of when we were expecting our firstborn, Levi. 
and we went to have our ultrasound. And um, if you know anything about the process, you, you see a sonogram where you can see what is on the inside of you. And obviously for me and my wife, Lynn, that was a very emotional moment. And it, it's just incredible to see this life just bursting forth. And when you see that on the screen, when you see what is on the inside, it's like it becomes real to you. You, you start to think, you start to turn to each other and go, this is really happening. We're really going to have a child. We're really going to have this, this promise that we've been praying for and believing for. This is really happening and you get excited for it. And Pastor Phil challenges us and he says, you know, if someone wants to do a sonogram of your spirit today, what would they see on the inside of you? Would you have dreams and visions beating on the inside of you? bursting with passion? Or would it be empty disappointments? Would it be fears? Now, I'm not going to lie, in, in 2020, if you checked my spirit, you probably found on the inside of me a to-do list. You see, I was in a survival mode, but not so much thrive mode, if I'm being completely honest about my 2020. And as I start this year, I want to make sure that there is something in the inside, something for my life, but something also for my loved ones, something for my God and His church, a holy passion. That's what I'm looking for for my life. And that's what I want to see in your life too. You know, I'm blessed to have so many amazing friends in this church that are such a blessing for me. And one of them is Adiemi. And he recently reached out to me and encouraged a bunch of us to pray. And, and, and that we could get together and we could just be like iron sharpening iron, encouraging each other in our prayer lives because he recognized that we all need that. And I'm really thankful that he did that because that really just spurred me on to just really go to a, a, new, a new place of faith in my prayer life. And I've already just experienced just the, the, the amazingness of, of committing to that. And so we, we want to work on this initiative and we want to create a fresh movement of prayer in our church where we can really encourage each other and spur each other on in this area of prayer because we recognize how essential it is not just for our church but for all of our lives now i'm happy that c3 is a movement where prayer has always been central to its story i mean if you watch any of the c3 history uh, stories on youtube that uh recently been produced. Fantastic. I recommend it. Go and check it out on C3 TV. You can just hear about how God has faithfully answered so many prayers down the road. And, and a lot of those prayers, you know, they didn't come in, in, in week one or, or month one or year one even. Some of them took many years, almost a decade to come to fruition. But there's just this life of prayer and faith and prophesying into the future and always dreaming big. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that inspiration in my life that comes from the see-through movement. And so I recognize that I, I too, I, I need to ensure that that engine is running in my life, not just, as I said, for, just for the church, but, but for the sake of people in my world. We all have people in our world that need us to step up in this area, right? For the sake of our world. So we're getting serious about seeking God this year. And we're starting off with a week of prayer and fasting that you've heard about that is at the beginning of next month. But we are looking at a number of ways that we can help spur each other on in this area in prayer, just as in the same way that Adi Emi did for me, that we can do that for each other. 
whether it's in connect groups or as a, in the, as a larger church gathering. So I hope you're excited about that. You know, as we close the service, I want to ask all of you that are watching from home right now to join me in prayer. And we're going to pray for our prayer lives just as we close this service now. So let's just all take a moment right now. Father, we thank you that we are the children of the Most High God, that we have been bought with a precious price, that we are joint heirs with Christ. That is a reality, that we are in a, in a position of unspeakable privilege. We thank you for that, Lord God. We are in a position of authority. And I, I pray, Lord God, that we would live with a greater appreciation of who we are and whose we are that we would pray with the knowledge of our rights to challenge the enemy's authority that might be wreaking havoc in different areas and have an attitude of boldness when we come to you and a passion that asks in faith for whatever it is. Thank you. We know that you always hear, Lord God. You always listen, that we can bring anything to you. Lord, we can be honest with you. Everything we can bring to you, that we can dare to dream with you, that you love it when we dream. I pray that you draw each and every one of us into that quiet place with you. And in this season, we would discover, Lord, a fresh wind of faith for our world. Lord, I thank you that you poured out your spirit on all people. And as your sons and your daughters, I pray that we will prophesy, Lord God. I pray that we would see visions this year. I pray that we would dream dreams. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.